0: hello and welcome to the hacked off podcast in today's episode i want to talk a little bit about e-commerce security it's coming up to one of the busiest shopping periods of the year with black friday coming up quickly and also christmas shortly after that Plus, I'd like to talk a little bit about the British Airways breach. Um, There's been some developments there, and also it is actually quite relevant to e-commerce security. I mean, during that breach, they lost payment cards, of course, but also the the kind of attack um, is something that e-commerce websites should be aware of so that they can mitigate it. So we'll talk about um, some of the things that I've been looking at from an e-commerce security point of view, some of the um, things that are maybe a little bit different. We'll talk about British Airways, and then we'll talk about some um, generic e-commerce risks as well. So one of the things that I've been looking at, um, certainly whilst I was writing my notes for this podcast, um, interestingly, NVIDIA have been releasing their new 30 series graphics cards. So far, it hasn't gone too well, with uh, demand being reported at 7 to 10 times higher than the availability for the um, certainly like the 3080s series card. Um, So as I was writing my notes for this uh, episode... It was actually the day before the 3070 was due to be announced. And there's a lot of people talking about uh, people using bots, that's automation software, to buy the newly released cards faster than anyone else could. So as soon as they go live for sale, you use software to purchase them. And scalpers can do this using this uh, automation to buy cards faster than legitimate customers and then put them back onto auction websites like eBay, pushing up the price, all of that kind of thing. So, customers are talking on forums about how NVIDIA and the retailers should be doing something about these automated buying scripts. And whilst that might not necessarily seem like a security issue as such, it is certainly related, especially if you think of something like uh, something more traditional, like um, the use of malicious scripts to do something like a brute force attack. What we're talking about here is. Preventing that kind of thing, so so preventing uh, the use of automation, doing things like behavioral analysis to see is this a legitimate customer, is this a software script that's navigating around the site, Um, so the mitigation steps could be similar. So um, if a threat actor is looking to brute force a user account, you know, looking to gain access to a customer account to uh, buy products and have them shipped to themselves or do any of the uh, other kinds of scams that could happen when a, a customer account is compromised in an e-commerce site, the way that we would uh, look at blocking those could be something like uh, the use of anti-automation through captures, for example. So any of these kind of um, what I'm going to refer to as human detection softwares, um, but these are captures to prevent a brute force attack could be uh, used to prevent these automation scripts that are, are being used by scalpers and things like that. And there's uh, another related uh, issue that I've seen recently as well, which again, might not necessarily seem like a, a traditional security threat in the same way that like, hacking behavior or brute forcing accounts and those kinds of things is seen as like a security threat. But it's related in such that it's probably something that the stores want to prevent. And some of the techniques that have been developed and tested through security protection might help in those ways. So the second example was Um, It was reported that Huawei were soliciting reviews for a product that hadn't yet been released, and then those reviews were posted to Best Buy's website. Now, Huawei blamed an internal miscommunication for the issue. Um, If you haven't seen that story, in short, Huawei posted to a private Facebook group looking for people to write reviews about the Mate 10 before the Mate 10 had been released, uh, allegedly for a chance to win one of the unreleased devices. But those reviews then ended up on, ended up as legitimate reviews for the product on Best Buy's website without it being clear as to uh, where they'd come from or, or how they'd come. Or in fairness, the fact that those reviews were not from customers that had direct first-hand experience of the device. So fake reviews are uh, obviously potentially bad and the websites might want to ensure that... Um, the customers who are leaving re- reviews are legitimate and verified users of that device before they can post reviews. Um, so this is like uh, something that you might want to handle in the same way that you, you block automated spam and automated like scam messages, those kinds of things. Um, so again, we could talk about anti-automation and, and, and those kinds of things, the use of captures. But I noticed uh, how Amazon handles it it's a little bit differently. As an example, you'll see on Amazon, uh, they tag reviewers as verified purchasers if that user is known to have bought the product from Amazon prior to leaving the review of the product. So again, like fake reviews for pre-launch products and and that kind of things, maybe not what you'd consider security as such, but a lot of the things that we're putting in place to to prevent spam and and other things could be useful. So it is all kind of related. And of course, if you're an e-commerce website, it probably doesn't matter. Maybe you're not really bothered about what is traditional security, what is hacking protection. It might just be that you have some abusive behaviors from uh, certain visitors to the website and you, you want to mitigate those abusive behaviors. So it's worth looking at within the same kind of area. So um, definitely some some interesting things to look at from the you know the e-commerce side of things. but I think the the biggest example of course is uh, I mentioned British Airways. Uh, in the introduction to the podcast. So let me cover that off because that was a significant breach and um, definitely something that I think a lot of e commerce uh, websites should be aware of and should be doing something about, but but maybe haven't. Um, and also, there's been some developments there, so it's worth checking a look at what's happened. Um, British Airways got hacked back in 2018. As a result of that breach, the ICO issued a notice of intent to fine. Um, I'll talk about the breach itself in a second, but the fine's worth looking at also. The initial intent to fine was for £183 million, pounds, a significant amount of money, and certainly a huge jump up from the pre-GDPR fines that we have seen. We saw. Um, Pre-GDPR, with the, the prior Data Protection Act, um, fines maxed out at £500,000, and um, some of the fines, so TalkTalk, Talk, for example, got hit by a £400,000 fine. And to jump from that kind of scale to a notice of intent to fine at £183 million is huge. However, the ICO note on their website that as part of the regulatory process, they consider both uh, representations from BA and the economic impact of COVID-19 on the business before setting a final penalty. As a result, the final penalty was reduced from 183 million to just 20 million. Significant uh, reduction, of course. And in fairness, of course, COVID-19 is messing with a lot of businesses. And we know that airlines are having a hard time at the moment. But the reason I wanted to point this out was just in case you hadn't seen that the fine was reduced um, so significantly, but also the ICO state on their website that the fine was our biggest to date. So even though it's been significantly reduced, it's still, according to the ICO's website at the time, the the biggest fine that they've levied. So that's interesting. But the uh, attack or the the breach itself um, is commonly referred to as a MedCart attack. Um, other similar breaches might be called like Medcart style attack. But in short, JavaScript on the British Airways site was hosted by a third party. That's very common. We'll come back to that in a second, but the, the breach uh, during the breach, the, the JavaScript was modified on the third-party systems to include malicious content designed to swipe payment cards during the payment process. So British Airways had a site that loaded third-party JavaScript. That third-party JavaScript was modified And as a payment went through, the payment card details were stolen. This led to uh, 244,000 payment cards and CVV numbers, that's the card security code, um, being taken to 244,000 records as a significant breach. Furthermore, the ICN notes that British Airways didn't discover the breach themselves, but a third party notified them two months afterwards. The attack took place on the 22nd of June 2018, and British Airways became aware of it on the 5th of September 2018. The ICO comments, um, it is not clear whether or when BA would have identified the attack themselves, which is another really strong statement from the ICO there. So the issue here is uh, JavaScript hosted on a third party site. That is incredibly common we see it all the time on penetration tests and it can of course lead to breaches of this nature where that dynamic scripting content can access confidential data i mean it can do things like virtually deface the website it can do things like distribute malicious software it's a very common attack and we see uh, similar attacks with things like cross-site scripting where javascript can be executed within a user's browser and that can allow for a, a lot of leverage from the attacker's point of view but in this case third-party website was modified. This is really, really similar to an attack that the ICO themselves got hit with. Um, The ICO's website used a third-party script, BrowseAloud. It was used for accessibility reasons, uh, but it was hosted by BrowseAloud. That script was modified by hackers to include crypto jacking code. So it goes to show that it can be used for a lot of different things. I mean, stealing payment cards from e-commerce sites or installing crypto jacking code within uh, viewer of the website's uh, user's browser or running it within the user's browser. Um, so it's a really powerful attack and it's pretty common with sites like uh, Beer and sites like the ICO themselves getting hit. I mean, during 2018, there there's thousands of sites that we saw get hit by MedgCart style attacks, attacks of this nature. that's because it's common for companies to host JavaScript on third-party sites. This could be hosting it on a content delivery network, or it could be something like the Briars Allowed case, where it's, you know, the provider of that script, the developer of that script is hosting it for you. The issue is, if that script is modified uh, to include malicious code and to include malicious scripting content, it can do bad things. So how do we prevent that? Well, there's this um, protection called subresource integrity, commonly called SRI, sub-resource integrity. It can prevent this ty- type of attack by noting when a script has been modified on the third-party host and blocking the script execution when that occurs. Um, it typically does this by using a hash of the script contents. Therefore, if the script is modified even very slightly, uh, the script won't be allowed to execute. There's a little bit of like a usability or accessibility issue here. If the script is modified in any way, regardless of whether that's a malicious modification or not, if it is modified, SRI will block execution, and therefore that script content, whatever it is, won't be able to execute. If it's um, an analytic script or something like that, that might just be annoying for you as an e-commerce site to lose that customer data. If it's something like aloud, where it's there for accessibility reasons, that accessibility functionality will stop working. However, of course, on the flip side is, if the script is modified by an attacker for malicious reasons, be it cryptojacking or be it stealing payment cards, the attack is prevented. So it's definitely something to, to look into. There's other options available, but um, that's a, a really strong protection. And against these medcard style attacks, they, they can mitigate the risk there, of course. And I mean, there's uh, a million different e-commerce risks that I could talk about, I could talk forever about mobile application security and web application security. And we could talk about how we should get a penetration test to ensure uh, assurance and those kinds of things. But there's one more thing I wanted to add into the end of this podcast, because again, it's a it's a common thing we see, and that is the use of um, COS, content management systems, and uh, e-commerce platforms. So I'm talking about things like Magento or the use of, uh, say, WordPress with plugins like WooCommerce. One of the things here, um, of course, the basics are true. You know, it's important to keep them up to date, but be aware of plugins. Now I'm not gonna say don't use plugins, but be aware of plugins. Um, take WordPress as an example. Anyone can write a plugin and they could do a really good job of it or they could rush it out as a vulnerable, barely functional plugin um, that they'd rush out in a single day without any kind of testing, verification or security testing. So treat plugins like you treat effectively any untrusted software. Do your due diligence. Don't trust it by default, even if it has like a nice looking, heavily branded website or if there's a lot of user reviews, we've talked about reviews earlier, but ideally do a little code review take a look under the hood, see the quality of what it's put together. And if you're unsure, then penetration testing and certainly code-assisted penetration testing can help reduce that risk. So that's it, a very quick overview. Some things to think about when it comes to e-commerce security. Some news about the British Airways breach, that huge fine, 183 million, being reduced to a still significant 20 million due to the loss of 429 1,000 customer records, of which 244,000 contained payment cards, a little look at some of the mitigations, so anti-automation scripts, or in the case of the British Airways, breach subresource integrity, and then of course some comments on content management systems and how yes, they're awesome, but keep them up to date, use decent authentication, by which I probably mean in most cases two-factor authentication, and you should probably get the whole thing tested. But that's it. Thanks for listening.